Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink happily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. And hello, Hello, if you've been here before, welcome back. If you are watching the new season of Sister Wives, welcome if you have not been here before. Welcome one and all. Where we go one, we go all. Where we go one, we welcome all. We are Corey and Carly. We've been recapping Sister Wives for almost three years now. I don't believe it, but okay. (laughs) Corey had not seen Sister Wives when we first started this. I jumped in at the classic television season 14. Just the season of moving. Pure cinema of storytelling and riveting character development that took place in that season. They were on the way out. They were circling the drain, so to speak. I feel like we do have a large influx of people who are coming back to the show now, which is why we kind of want to give a little bit of context. Welcome aboard to any new listeners. Welcome back to any old friends. You can also join us over on the virtual cul-de-sac over at patreon.com slash surviving pod if you haven't joined that party yet. And you're pretty much a pro by now because we recapped season 14, 15, 16. Now we're going on 17. And in the off season, when Sister Wives isn't airing, we do a rewatch recap. So we have done seasons one through nine now. Oh boy. Yeah, just finished up season nine right in time for the start of season 17. To hit the ground running here. The catfish era. It's happening. We just skimmed the surface. We just caught a little flick of the fin, <laughs> so to speak. Just a little shimmer under the water. If you're looking at our episode numbers and you're wondering, 
that doesn't make sense. Where are all these episodes? That's because seasons one through seven can be found over on our Patreon. So check it out. Virtual cul-de-sac. Join the family, if you want to call it that. But we don't need to call it that. We also got a new logo. So we might look refreshed to old viewers, listeners as well, too. Changing it up because, yeah, Christine's out of the picture. We had to melt down that third ring, just like the rest of Robin's My Sister Wife's Closet inventory. We had to turn it in for scrap in case my new boyfriend comes asking for money. I can't wait to talk about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. What do you want to do first? The episode description, and then we'll give a little recap of season 16 for anyone who wasn't watching the show and now has decided to join us all because shit got good. We're back in the swing of things now. So maybe let's give a quick season 16 recap. Where are we picking up where we left off? What does the nanny do? Wow. So you all are lucky you didn't have to sit through this. Maybe some of you did. You are here. You're the true survivors along for the ride with us. We're all surviving together. Last season, where we left off, pretty much the entire family hates Cody because of his, well, not his, let's say Robin's. COVID protocols, as he calls them. The nanny's COVID protocols. Yes, the nanny's protocols, which they pushed on the rest of the family while Cody hid at Robin's house the entire season, along with the nanny. Which didn't keep the nanny safe, apparently, and then exposed the rest of the family at Ari's birthday. At least that's what we, yeah, the nanny got COVID. That is definitely what happened. We don't know the source of the COVID infection that Janelle now has, but... Guarantee you it had something to do with Ari's super spreader event. All right. Then Christine had to take Isabel to New Jersey for surgery after years of avoiding taking that step to correct the damage scoliosis has done to her spine. Been about six years coming, I think, probably. A long, long time. Long road. Cody considered that a vacation and he held it against Christine the whole season. Because she got to go to New Jersey. And he didn't. Because he can't do that kind of thing. We're in the middle of a COVID crisis. And not just that. The truth of it is he's got other people he needs to consider. The big picture. The rest of the family, if you will. Robin. Mostly Robin. And her children. Speaking of children. Then Cody tried to kick Gabe and Garrison out of Janelle's house. That was an interesting storyline. Definitely broke my heart in a couple different ways. Poor Gabe. Had a nice little breakdown on the couch. Yeah, he, he really didn't have a lot of fans at the beginning of the season, but by the time we watched that, I think everybody was feeling the heartstrings were being pulled on, watching Cody be a total dick to him. They dialed back on Gabe and Garrison's COVID stances, so that way we wouldn't turn on them as an audience, and they really ramped up the absent father storyline, which honestly was the good way to go, because then that way we stayed invested and we were able to root for them. We wanted success. We wanted them to, to be all right through the end of this. Someone no one is worried about is Mary, because she spent all season wandering through the woods alone, reminding us how lonely and alone she truly is. Slowly becoming the lady of the woods <laughs> that we foresaw in season 14. Despite being the one family member who has the least likelihood of being exposed to COVID, nobody wanted to interact with her. Zero percent chance. Risk of exposure. Going to Mary's house. Still no one was willing to do it. Nobody's doing it. Mary's whole entire summary at the beginning of this episode was, it's lonely. Like, I live alone. Yes, we know, Mary. <laughs> Nothing is more clear than the fact that you are completely alone. 
we talk about that more this episode too. We just gloss over it in passing. She is the footnote in the Sister Wives universe now. Then the adults attempted dividing the Coyote Pass lot so that they could start building their homes, which really just ended with Christine losing the lot that she had wanted so that Robin could get a primo lot with less trees and Janelle could get more room for her grow operation. Hey, hey, hey. Smoke weed every day. We don't know what she's intending to grow, but she needs a lot of greenhouses, and apparently they're going to pour a lot of water from that infected pond onto it. Yeah, we're going to have to check the organic, certified organic status, applying that much water, that much manure runoff coming down from the mountain. That ain't a mountain spring water, let me tell you. (laughs) They're going to bottle it. I hope not. But I tell you, they might need to bottle something because they only got a 25,000-gallon cistern. And that's still top of the priority list for me as far as concerns on Coyote Pass. Not enough water. Not enough water for this many families, this many houses. This is ridiculous. And finally, Christine confronted Cody about the lack of intimacy in their marriage. And he basically told her to get used to it, so she kicked him out of her house. Not the first time. Cody's used to this situation. Christine's not the first wife to kick him out. This isn't new to him, but we're going to pick up and see what is new to him because I don't think this is like the other times. One of these things is not like the others. We usually start this off with Corey reading the TLC description, and then I give a little episode rewrite with what we really saw. Yeah, we got to be honest here. Without honesty, we don't really have anything. So in this one, this is season 17, episode one. It's over. The TLC description is Janelle tests positive for COVID-19. Cody confides in Robin about his troubles with Christine. Cody and Christine sit down to have a tense discussion about the future of their marriage, which leaves Christine feeling empowered and Cody defeated. That is exactly everything that we saw in the episode. They're not kidding. I was going to say, we didn't see Janelle test positive for COVID. We did. It was just literally two seconds long. We blow past the first two points here in the first, what, less than five minutes of the episode? At most five minutes, five to ten. Did Mary even get paid for this episode? Because she's not in it aside from the season 16 summary. She's in the intro. Right. She's in the opening credits. The opening credits. Yep. Yep. That counts. That counts as an appearance. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Collect that paycheck, girl. Need that check. All right, so are you ready for my rewrite? Let's hear the Carly episode rewrite. Christine leaves Cody's ass. Someone finally admits Robin's the favorite. Cody thinks his marriage to Mary is hashtag couple goals. Are you jealous of Cody and Mary's relationship? He tries to use that as a selling point when he's conversing with Christine about the status of their marriage. Count your lucky stars that you're not Mary. Things could be so much worse. So much worse. By the way, I don't know if any of you are following Mary on Instagram. She's on a real journey right now using some new hashtags, trying to convince us that there's something new happening in her life. Hashtag ready. Ready for what? Ready for anything. Up for anything? Don't let her fool you. She's an internet troll. That's what's going on. She's just dangling that little piece of cheese in front of all of us, and she's got it on a string. She's just going to yoink, keep pulling that away. Let's get this pony in the water, though. We got to get into this episode. There is a lot to talk about. I got a lot to do, bitch. Uh, (laughs) Gee, bitch, I don't know. I got a lot to do. We kick off with, what else? Pandemic footage. Because a reminder here, this is self-shot diaries on cell phones. Because, yes, 
we're still in January, February 2021. We're way back. We're going way back into the COVID archives. Deep Tracks Greatest Hits collection here. They have gotten better at setting the cameras up. We'll give them that. Framing has improved. I think they're getting enough feedback from the editors where they're like, look, you're doing this. You got to stop. We couldn't use 90% of the footage you sent through last season. You got to keep Ari in the other room. (laughs) Christine is reminding us of the conversation that she had with Cody about intimacy that ended with her telling him, don't come in my bedroom anymore. Well, don't don't come anywhere (laughs) with me. I walked right into that one. (laughs) Yes, you did. (laughs) I did like the footage that we got of Cody journaling very intensely. Very pensively, right? On the picnic table at Coyote Pass. It's quite a session out there, staring up into Robin's window. It's as far as he can go from (laughs) her location. Just a lot of poems. She has her telescope on the back deck (laughs) to keep an eye on him. And the U-Hauls, which are probably still parked out there, full of all of her Christmas decorations. As we know, after that conversation took place, Cody found a bunch of his shit that used to be in Christine's bedroom all boxed up in the garage. And we're pretending that we're picking up right where we left off. And Cody is walking into a room to have a spontaneous conversation with Robin about it. This is where this is very obvious that this is acting that's happening, right? And this has to be older in the timeline because what timeline is this? Where where are we at? In this scenario, they're trying to make it seem like this is January, February, 2021. But he was talking about a conversation that they had at his car, which I think that happened around Isabel's surgery, which would have been like end of 2020. Wasn't that our theory last season, though, was that that conversation about not staying in her bedroom happened earlier than they actually presented it in the timeline? It seems to be that way. And even in the way that Cody is bringing the information to Robin as well, too, aside from the fact that, yes... They're having this informal chat, but managed to set up their cell phones on tripods and aim them at themselves to have this conversation. It's already staged. We know that. Right. Robin just happened to be sitting on the couch with her empty notebook and a pencil ready to, to do some sketching for my sister wife's closet. I don't know. What, what is she doing? She and Cody spent a lot of time writing in notebooks, apparently. It's, it's intense journaling that happens. Yes. <laughs> a lot of intense journaling. But I thought this was interesting, too, because he kicked off with, oh, I was going over to Christine's house while she was gone, while she was out of town somewhere, to grab something for Gabe. Gabe has COVID now, as we find out from Janelle. So Cody's going to be going and interacting with Gabe while he has COVID? Yeah, and I don't think any of it really lines up. I don't think this doesn't pass the sniff test. It is funny, though, that Christine left his shit in her garage, assuming he's not coming here, so I can leave for a weekend or however long she was gone and he won't be here to see it. I can stash this out here. He won't know. We'll talk about it later. But she's home now. So Cody has to tell Robin, I have to go talk to Christine and figure out why she moved me out of the house because I didn't ask her about it. I didn't talk about it. Why would you do that? I just found these boxes and I'm assuming, oh, I moved out of the house. Why did that happen? Well, into the garage. Oh, into the garage. I'm sorry. He's not moved out of the house. Not out of the house yet. Robin is trying to save face here, right? This whole conversation seems designed to make us remember that Robin is the number one sister wife who goes to bat for all of her other sister wives. And so in this conversation, she's telling Cody, you have to go to Christine's house. You have to stay there overnight, even if she doesn't want you there. There's no way you can work on your marriage if you're not in the house. You got to sleep on the couch. If she kicked you out of the bedroom, you have to stay on the couch. You have to be there in some capacity 
So that's what you got to do. And Cody's like, hell no, we're not monogamous. I didn't sign up for that. I didn't sign up for sleeping on the couch when stuff gets rough. I'll just go to somebody else's house. Also, not trying to be sexist, which is the way a misogynist starts a sentence, by the way. But why does the man have to sleep on the couch? Because you're the asshole in this situation. Because you're wrong. Because Cody, yeah, then takes a stand for men everywhere, declaring that women should sleep on the couch in struggling marriages. Because even when Cody is being a dick, it's because Christine pushed him to be a dick. You know he's out there fighting for hashtag men's rights. You know that. He also can't stay at Christine's house because where is he going to shower? No place to shower. He'd have to do a walk of shame. Not going to do that. It's not going to happen. Forget about it. Even though didn't wasn't the only reason that he would stay at Christine's was because her shower was better. Or no, she no. he wouldn't stay in the basement at Lehigh. Right. This has been a longstanding problem. He would stay at Christine's house and then leave in the morning, go upstairs to Mary's house and shower there. And that would upset her. So was that a walk of shame? Yes. They were actually having sex back then. Should have been considered a walk of shame. How quickly we forget. And also what? Isabel, truly Gwen, who all live in that house don't have a bathroom? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, maybe you wouldn't be able to use the shower in Christine's room because she gave you the boot. So you're out of the primary bedroom. Tough luck, but that's the hand you're dealt. So you're telling me there's not another bathroom in that house at all? You have to go through Christine's bedroom to go to the bathroom in this house? That's the only bathroom in this house? No. I highly doubt it. No, he just doesn't want to go into the girl's bathroom. He doesn't want to share a bathroom with teenage girls. He'll see their tampons. He'll get too close to them, and he can't deal with that. He can't deal with that. Isabel's got, like, back surgery stuff in there. He doesn't want to be around it. Gross. Ew. Don't get him started. Robin's trying to maintain some level of optimism in this conversation, so she's telling him, or she's just sitting there telling him, I should say. There was a lot of sitting there's in this episode. Can we mention that really briefly? Because Cody was just letting him fly. I would love to do a drinking game. When you hear just sitting there, but you, you will probably die of alcohol poisoning. You'll pass out. For sure. So what is, what is Robin fighting for here? Um, she thinks that Christine is just testing him, maybe. That's why you have to stay there. She might come downstairs. She might talk to you. But Cody knows this is a game. This is a power move. This is Christine choosing where I get to lay my head at night. And I don't like that. It's too controlling. And this has happened to him before. He's had Mary. He's had Janelle. He's had Robin. He's had Christine. Every one of his wives kick him out in the past. So he's pretty used to it. Mary used to play this game all the time. And it's a game Cody will no longer play. So he's looking to stand his ground. He's going to go give Christine a piece of his mind that he's not playing these games. You're moving his stuff out in the garage. You're telling him to sleep on the couch. That's not going to fly over here, little lady. My favorite part of this conversation is when he mumbles about how he wishes he had told Janelle instead of Robin. Because Robin was giving him so much shit about still going over there and you need to sleep on the couch. And he's like, man, I should have told Janelle because she would have said, you can stay here, I guess. (laughs) You don't have to sleep on the couch at Christine's. It's not worth it. Robin feels powerless. So I guess she's the real victim in all of this. She hates that. She has no control over any of this drama that's going on with Cody and Christine and it can affect the whole family so that's the real drawback mainly referencing her it can affect her and she has no say in it back at Janelle's house she is officially quarantined because she does in fact have COVID 
after the cliffhanger that they left us on last season. Oh my God. I don't know how I made it this long. Held on to find out that Janelle did, and she must have had some pretty serious brain fog as a COVID symptom because she almost forgot to tell us that she did test positive for COVID. And then she kind of circles back on it. She's like, yeah, the, the te- for the COVID thing. It's, I, got, I got that. That's the thing I got. I got it too. The stakes are so high here. Will Janelle and Savannah make it through? We just don't know. Yeah, because Savannah has it too, which we just mentioned in passing. I think Cody tells us in, a, in an aside thing. Just slips that in. Year and a half later. I don't know. Will they make it? I hope it doesn't get any worse. But this just becomes the entire theme for the episode for Cody is battling the unknown. We don't know. Will Janelle and Savannah get better? We all know. Well, we know. You and me, Carly, we know. Obviously, they get better because we're a year and a half in the future. Right. Spoiler alert. They're, Spoiler. they're both They're both out here. They're fine. They're out on these streets doing fine. They're good. Cody and Christine, though. Not so much. So Cody's going to go ahead and venture into the unknown this episode, which is Christine's house. He's heading over there. He is still angry about his stuff being moved. And Christine, she doesn't really want to talk to him. He gives her a lot of anxiety when he's around. His presence is just annoying. But here he is, ready to have a conversation. Oh, I thought you were going to say hat in hand. (laughs) Cap in hand. (laughs) To talk about the audacity of Christine moving his stuff out of his house we got to talk about no, no, no. It. into the garage he makes that very clear into you moved garage. me into the garage right. which I lol i kind of noticed you moved me into the garage is how he kicks off this conversation it's not like she set a cot up in the garage the shit is in boxes it's ready to go out the door of the garage yeah it's you're not into a garage you're out of the house you're not going in anywhere you're going out Really not going in anywhere. For real. (laughs) What Christine tells us is that this was all the result of the conversation they had about the lack of intimacy in their marriage and Cody telling her he's not attracted to her. This is where he argues, well, clearly the punishment does not fit the crime here because, yeah, I wasn't attracted to you. Whatever. That doesn't mean you get to move my stuff out in the garage. Well, he denies that he ever said that he wasn't going to be intimate with her. He just shrugged his shoulders. He didn't say those words. He didn't say those things. But by not saying things, you can imply other things because that's the that's the difference here is that he implied and Christine inferred and she actually received the message he was trying to send. And now that's upsetting. Wow. You're pulling out the thesaurus on us now. I'm just saying that's what's going on. Cody's trying to defend himself on the couch. He isn't going to fool around with a woman who is talking about leaving him. That's why he just shrugged his shoulders. That's why he hasn't been doing anything with Christine. She's been telling everybody she wants to leave. She's been telling everybody, but she never talked to Cody about it. And now she comes around talking about how she wants an intimate marriage with Cody. She wants all this intimacy. And no, he's heard all these rumors. He knows what she's saying behind his back. Doesn't bring it up to her. He doesn't bring it up in that moment. That would probably be a good time to say, I don't think that I'm ready to... Explore that because I've heard these things. Is this true that you're thinking about leaving that you would want out of the marriage? Because why wouldn't you take that opportunity to talk about it and provide a frame of reference for the decision that you're making? Because he doesn't want to have sex with her either way. Because they're not going to communicate. They don't want to talk about this. They don't want to fix anything. There's nothing here. Christine's over his shit. That's pretty much what we learn at the beginning of the conversation, which is why it's just 
a chef's kiss from here on out. It's so good. Yeah. Christine has a jaw drop moment, a couple of them. And then she gets a little feisty too. I think the producers are finally asking the right questions. They're going more reality TV into this. It's not docuseries anymore. Yeah. And I think Christine doesn't have the energy to argue with Cody face to face anymore, but they're giving her the footage to react to. So she's reacting to it where she's safe, which is on the couch with the producers, which is perfect because I love that we're actually getting answers to what's going on and they're honest. And what it's telling us is all the theories that the fans have been coming up with for a long time, they've been pretty true for the most part. This is where I feel I get hesitant to believe it wholeheartedly. Is it fun to watch? Is it fun to see this storyline? Absolutely. Is it 100% real? Is it accurate? Or is it fabricated and built to spoon feed us the storylines that we already came up with as a fan base? I don't think they're that good of actors. We've been watching this show. That's what's great about it, right? There are 12 years of documentation of this family. And I think people have been seeing what's been going on while they've been trying to put this facade on. And now things have really fallen apart. So now Christine's ready to be done. She's ready to set both of them free. That's the terminology that she keeps using. Ready for them both to be free. But Cody has to remind her, it hasn't been all bad. It's mostly this COVID thing. And we're trying to get through it. And Christine has to point out, no, dude, it's been 10 to 12 years of bad. A.K.A. when Robin entered the family. Not just COVID bad. It's Robin bad. <laughs> Since Christine was pregnant with Truly, that's how far back we're going. And we know because we've been watching the rewatch of the seasons and we see how many times there have been mention of the difficulties in their marriage. Cody doesn't remember. It was beautiful. It was amazing. There was nothing wrong until you started being a bitch and wouldn't follow the rules during COVID. So Christine runs the tape back for us and she recounts why this was so difficult for her because at the time they were so strapped for cash still, Christine was a stay-at-home mom for her children, Janelle's children, and Mary's child. And she also needed to provide an income because they were still coming up short on the bills. So she took night jobs and would leave 10-year-old Aspen to run the house in her stead in the evenings. Wow. I mean, we knew it had to be happening, right? Because we have the father of the family, Logan, and unfortunately he's upstairs at Janelle's. So poor Aspen is in charge of all of these kids while Cody is busy just in another part of the house. Because this is where Christine asked Cody, hey, I need help because I'm leaving the house and I don't think it's a good idea to leave a 10-year-old daughter in charge of all these other younger children in the house alone. Nor is it fair to that child who's being parentified. Don't do that. Yeah. But Cody says, no, 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 no. I'm in other houses. I'm busy. But the Lehigh house was one biggie housey, was it not? I mean, he can't use the stairs from Mary's down to Christine's. He's not going to go outside. He has to, right. That is the path that you do have to go. That is the the tread, the trail that was beat in the backyard was those steps between Janelle's house and Christine's house. Now, obviously, we have a problem with this, right? Because Cody enjoys having so many children, but can't step up to the plate to help parent those children when it's needed. Also, where are her sister wives? Just a question. Wasn't that what they fed us? That the greatest thing about being in plural marriage is that you have sister wives who can do things like this when you need them to? Can I tell you the other part that bothered me too was probably the fact that Christine had to not only parent all these children, but then go out, get a night job and help pay the bills. 
but then meanwhile has since watched Robin not work a day in her fucking life in this family. That's got to hurt. Corey, what are you talking about? She used all of their retirement money (laughs) to start my sister wife's closet, which was just a smashing success. All that sterling silver still burning a hole in their pockets. But Cody denies this outright. That didn't even happen. This imaginary timeline that Christine was living in, we didn't have this conversation, never happened. She was asking for more than the other sister wives at that time. First of all, that's funny because this was mentioned in Robin's number one New York Times bestseller, Becoming Sister Wives, where Christine talks about being extremely overwhelmed with all of the responsibilities she had while she was pregnant with Truly and needing help and pushing back on things for the first time in her life. So it happened. And then, yes, did she want a little bit of help parenting her children? How come that's not an issue that Robin has needed Cody to be in her home? What was it? She you said last season the kids can't see him, that he can't be gone for more than two or three days. Yeah, three days. Otherwise, the little ones get unruly. <laughs> and that's also a ridiculous timeline because we know that he spent pretty much every day there since COVID has started. I'm sure it's only gotten worse. He definitely can't leave the house now. They're really attached to him. That's all BS. And Christine even comes out in the open and admits it. Look, I wasn't the best sister wife by any standards. Not too close with Mary, not too close with Robin, but she is super close with Janelle. So if we're being fair about assessing where we're at. It's not like she has bad relationships with everyone, which this is the same line that Cody pulls out of his pocket whenever he needs to. He does it to Mary. You have bad relationships with other people in the family. And until you repair those relationships, you're not going to have a good one with me. But he means Robin. Well, I would say Mary has a good relationship with Robin out of everyone. So maybe it is generalized for the rest of the family, for Mary's circumstance. But when he tells Christine this, he means Robin. Oh, yes. And she knows that too. That's why she lets the cat out of the bag here, that Cody doesn't spend any time with them. Cody. Cody wasn't there. (laughs) (laughs) It was. He's never around. So she does the math for us and runs the numbers. He's only spent... Three full days with them doing activities since they moved to Flagstaff over 800 days ago. And to be fair, they're not hiking and kayaking 800 times over that span either. But, I mean, you got to take into consideration, if you're only counting three full days, what's a full day? She didn't really get into specifics on that. Because then Cody tries to wiggle his way out of this one, too, because, hey, I have work. I have things I got to go do. Yes, but that means if you're not spending time at the house not spending time with the people at Christine's house, you're not there. Why does he park his ass at Robin's house all day and sit home and do nothing, which we watch him do on film when we watch this show, but he's so busy that he can't do that at Christine's house. And then he turns it around saying it's Christine's fault. She has so much time to play. Where did she get all this time from? She's doing nothing. He works and has things to do, allegedly, he claims. But he doesn't have time to play like she does. Now, keep in mind, this is a man who quantifies life-altering back surgery for his daughter as a vacation. So what does play time really mean? Means being the sole caregiver of your child after they've had surgery and need around-the-clock care for a couple of weeks. That's what it means. He knows that it certainly doesn't mean cooking and cleaning. (laughs) Not trying to be sexist. (laughs) Well, and I think in that sense, it's like, 
she probably is cooking and cleaning, but just not for you because you're not there. And she hates you. So, so yeah. when you come over, it's not a priority to make sure the house is clean and perfect for you or that you have a nice home cooked meal that you're looking forward to that you have not seemed to have any appreciation for over all of these years. She's probably like, oh, Cody's coming over. So let's order like the shittiest thing possible that he hates. What does Cody not like? Sushi? Let's get sushi. What was that place that just recently got shut down from the Board of Health? Let's order from there. <laughs> Maybe he'll leave earlier. We'll order for the... Yeah, he's definitely not going to go to the bathroom. He's going to have to leave to go to the bathroom. He's not comfortable using the bathroom here. Walk a shame. Now Christine's frustrated. And she's asking Cody, why are you trying to hold on to me? This is not working. Because she's come into this conversation ready to say, I'm done. And Cody is trying to avoid getting to that part of the conversation. But Cody is blaming Christine for turning him off with her behavior. So his lack of husbandry is her fault as a wife. Right. We we finally are getting to some level of truth because we started with, well, I just shrugged my shoulders. I wasn't giving you an answer. That didn't mean that I wasn't interested. But now we find out, in fact, he isn't interested in having a sexual relationship with her. And it's all her fault. Because it's all these nasty things that you do. And then Cody starts looking around and he starts adding things up in his head because he's like, I bought this stuff, this stuff, this table, this chair, this coaster, this fridge, that bed that you kicked me out of so rudely. I bought this stuff. It's my place, too. And it's like he may have helped finance it. Maybe. I feel like he thinks all the money that comes in from the show is a result of his hard work. It's his money. Yeah. But it's like you may have financed things by purchasing stuff and providing in that way. But if you're not involved, then it doesn't mean anything. You're not involved. You're not there. That's the point Christine has been trying to make. But not getting through that thick skull of his. I feel like they cut some of it out, too, because she does reference later on a couple of things where it's almost calling back of like circling back to, yeah, you're not here. Even when you are here, you're not present. And she kind of skips over that. But. I think that was mentioned probably multiple times. This is a long conversation that takes place, by the way. The sun starts to go down. That's how long they've talked. It happens in the show. But the whole conversation for Christine is terribly embarrassing, especially going back and watching it and then commenting with the producers now, too. She's super embarrassed by all of this. This is where you can tell the producer has put it out there, floated the idea of Cody acting like a coward. And so she says, he is a coward. She's agreeing with the producer. So excellent reality TV production going on here. He needs to man the fuck up and give me the respect of telling me he doesn't want to be married to me anymore. We've been together 30 years. The least he can do is level with me. He's not going to. He's been married to Mary for longer, and he will not tell her that he doesn't want to be married to her anymore. That's the heel he's going to die on. Now things get serious. Christine tells Cody... Being married to you has been heartache. I tried so hard to be what you wanted all of these years. And Cody has to throw that in her face too. You tried everything except treating your sister wives with respect, which again, he means Robin. Right. Christine's like, I don't know what you mean. Because you're clearly not talking about, I have a great relationship with Janelle. So you're not talking about my sister wives in general. You're talking about a specific sister wife. Stop beating around the bush. Just say it. He is the worst with not being honest with what he's actually trying to communicate. Well, and this was the lesson too, it was where it was, you'll never be good enough 
for the wrong person. Clearly, Christine has tried so much to appease, to please, and to pacify Cody in their relationship together, but nothing she does is ever good enough because they're not compatible. This next part was the real bombshell to me. Cody says that his heart has been broken, and it's a pissing match now. Because of her complaints about plural marriage, Christine was great at mothering Janelle's kids. He kind of stopped short of giving her a compliment. It was almost there. But she was never willing to mother or be a good mother to Robin's kids. And we already disproved that on TikTok. We snuffed that right out as soon as they released this clip as a trailer. So go check that out. But we already ran the tape back to, was that season eight? Season six? I think it was season six, if I'm remembering right. The conversation where Robin has hired a nanny. And Christine is extremely upset that Robin would not only do that, but not ask her first if she would watch her kids. But it's all Christine's fault, right? She's not trying. She's not trying to make these relationships happen with her sister wives. I'm glad he finally said it, though, because that is what people have suspected, that the issue, the root of it, is Robin. And that the man who doesn't hold grudges is holding a grudge about the fact that Christine did not drop everything, including her newborn baby, Truly, to go run over and take care of Robin's kids when she joined the family. But if Robin doesn't let you take care of her kids, how can you be a mother to her kids? I don't know. There's there's no winning to this. Because no. like you said, he doesn't want a relationship with Christine. He's going to find any reason to tell her there's something wrong with her and the way that she acts. And this is where they kind of break down to where they look back fondly on their relationship. Well, we were romantic at a few points at one point because Cody didn't know any better is the excuse that he provides. He fell in love with her because she treated people great. And then when she started treating people badly, fell out of love with her. Translation. Our marriage was great when you would keep sweet, shut the fuck up, do everything that I needed and everyone around you needed. And when you said you couldn't handle it anymore, You weren't uh, that important to me anymore. You lost your worth, your value in this family. Also, my love is conditional. And it's based on what you have to provide value to the family. And Christine is tired of this. She can't meet all of this criteria for Cody, for him to love her. First of all, that's a fucked up thing to have to do in a marriage. And she doesn't even believe at the end of the day that it's actually about that. Cody has a list of criteria, but if Christine acts like herself, and is honest, she can't qualify on that criteria list. She cannot be herself because he's not attracted to that. It's a form of rejection, and then placing the blame on her for the rejection. So it means she can't do anything to fix it either. So it's over. Just call it. It's done. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now Cody thinks that it's time to unravel things further because he's just trying to hurt Christine at this point in the conversation. So he tells her, you know what? I wasn't attracted to you when we got married. He felt pressured into this whole thing and he didn't know any better. Just like the murder tarp anniversary date with Mary when he was saying kind of the same thing. I think he honestly confuses his relationship and the failed marriage that he has with Christine and he's carrying all this other stuff of his failed marriage with Mary and starts throwing that around too. He's using the same exact terminology, same exact description, same exact excuses. Until you just said that, I totally forgot that he told Mary the same thing. He told her that when he had the kill kit in the trunk. That he felt like he was forced into marrying her and that they didn't really know each other. Was that it? They rushed into it. They didn't have enough courtship and he was bamboozled and tricked Tricked. into loving her. Right. She tricked him. This is where Christine has to remind everyone here. There are not, repeat not, arranged marriages in their religion. So... Cody was not forced or pressured or required to do this by any stretch of the imagination. Although he probably was under pressure to marry her because he had Mary and Janelle at each other's throats back at his house. Remember, that's why he had to marry Christine was because he needed someone to come in and repair that relationship because he was incapable of doing that himself. And they were trying to court an 18-year-old at that point to be wife number three, and she fell through. So we needed somebody to step in, step up, and right now. The backup. is the backup. It worked. It felt like destiny, didn't it? Did it not? Why is it so easy for you to just throw that all away? Probably because of the 10 years of absolute torture and misery. I think that would probably be top of the list reasons for why it's easy to put this shit behind me. Why is he trying to do this? Why won't he just let her go? Because nothing more romantic than hearing someone say they feel obligated to make it work and that the timing is bad. It could have been a more convenient time for you to leave. It's irresponsible to divorce at this rate, too. We need to work towards reconciliation. Stay together for the kids, as Blink-182 says. Was it irresponsible when Robin divorced her husband while she had three young children at a tender age? Tender. So tender. Moist, juicy, and tender age. (laughs) Gross. Now he's just angry. And he's getting the vibe that Christine has already moved on. She's over this marriage. This is where they're so out of touch. Cody doesn't even realize she's already done at this point. Like this isn't a conversation of, hey, how do we fix this? And let's reconcile and agree to disagree and come to terms on things. No, Christine is leaving. And this is just to notify you of that change. He's starting to understand that at this point in the conversation. Because it starts clicking. He's like, oh, she's already moved on and I'm angry and pathetic. That's why he starts getting on a soapbox about how much he has sacrificed to keep this family together. And he starts pointing his finger aggressively at her. There's no trust between either of us. And stop pointing your fingers at me, please, while you're talking. But then he continues to point both fingers at her while he's (laughs) talking to her. He gets more worked up. It's like, dude, stop. No. He also thinks that he needs to circle back to the intimacy thing because (laughs) I guess he knows Where he's thinking in his head, if I just say, sure, we'll work on that. She'll be quiet and we can go back to things being the way they were and this won't be a problem. Breadcrumbs. He's reaching in his bag 
to feed the breadcrumbs like he does with Mary. Feed the birds. <laughs> so she tells him, she corrects him because he thinks that she's still interested in having an intimate relationship. And she says, was. Was. I was interested in an intimate marriage, but I'm not anymore. Past tense. Was interested. Not is interested anymore. That ship has sailed. So now it's time to start blaming her again for what the problem is. So you're just going to give up on all this blissful marriage because you never got over being jealous when Robin joined the family, which is, of course, bullshit. And this is where Christine points out the issue is that he has a favorite wife and apparently I'm not treating her well enough. That's the deal. That's what it comes down to. This is where Christine poses the question, do you still want to be married to me then? And Cody has to flip it on her so that she can say that she wants to leave and he can say that it's not his fault that she chose to leave. That's why. Exactly. Because he can never tell another wife that he doesn't want to be married to them anymore as we've seen play out with Mary. That's not his decision. And Christine says, no, I don't want to be married to you anymore. So then Cody has to shrug it off too. Well, nobody's a prisoner here. So that's your decision. That's fine. (laughs) So what does that mean now? So what now? It means Christine's moving back to Utah. Which seems to shock Cody, despite the fact that Christine initially tried to get the entire family to move to Utah with with (laughs) her. I forgot. I forgot that that was like, yeah, she talked with Cody in private multiple times about convincing the other wives to move back to Utah now that polygamy was decriminalized. And it was a no-go. Not happening. And now, with Christine divorcing Cody, she's going to move back to Utah? This is completely out of the blue. He is acting like she's going to kidnap Truly in the middle of the night and take her to some bunker in Utah where he will never have access to her again. We have children together, though. You can't just take them and leave legally, I don't think. What are their names? I'm going to have to know that when I talk to a lawyer. I'm going to have to call Ron. Good old Ronald McDonald. Back in Vegas. Ronald McDonald Esquire. But yeah, I think uh, he should have lumped... Truly's name in on the uh, legal adoption there back in season nine. That probably would have been a good call. In hindsight, can't leave the state legally. It's her fucking kid. (laughs) You barely have claim. You're not even a resident. You don't come see these kids. But now that she wants to move and divorce you, it's a problem. Well, just because we're not lovers doesn't mean we're not family. Family is family. And you can't take that away from us. You you still got to co-parent here. How do you co-parent with Cody? I imagine him being one of the worst. It's like got to be like an early episode of Teen Mom where you just get nasty texts constantly. He just doesn't show up on the day that he's supposed to be there. Misses visitation. Petty as fuck. (laughs) Petty as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And Cody has to lock in again on the jealousy. He's sitting there recounting all the jealousy that Christine is bottled up. She's not taking accountability for this jealousy. That's not very mature of her, is it? I have all these other wives, these three other wives that he almost remembers all their names right off the, the tip of his tongue. He almost rattles them off. He almost stumbling. forgets Janelle, interestingly. Always. <laughs> and then he starts talking down to Christine like she's a child at this point in the conversation. He's chastising her about how she needs to act like an adult. When She's the one who has been calm in this conversation, isn't making accusations, is being very matter of fact about what it is she wants and communicating clearly. But she's the immature childlike one. Don't have to be your lover to be a good parent. Does that work both ways, though? 
because I think he's put his parenting behind that wall because if our relationship isn't good between Cody and whichever wife, then he doesn't come around. So he's withholding his parenting because they're not lovers. So how does that work? Thank you for pointing out what a hypocrite he's being. It's just interesting, all these different standards that Cody has for everybody else around him, but then he doesn't abide by those standards. Cody's got a big fear, though, about Christine moving to Utah. He would really like it if she would just bring somebody here to Flagstaff if they were in a relationship. You just move your whole life here. It's okay. People can come here to be with you. You don't need to go to be with other people. You're already here. I'll save so much on gas if you stay here. But, dude, you have you. Cody, you have not been here for the last 10 years. And I'm talking about anywhere we've lived. We're talking going back to the cul-de-sac. You haven't been here. Again, he's trying to blame everything on COVID. So she tells him, you know what I learned in COVID, bitch? That I can do it without you. You're pretty irrelevant, to be honest. Hallelujah. At least somebody finally said it. But Cody has to button this all up for us here. Wrap up this part of the conversation because we're not done yet. But Cody just sums it up where Christine has lost her faith, her religion, and now she wants out of this marriage. He's still thinking for some reason that everything is related to the past 10 months of what they've experienced with COVID. He's not getting that this has been going on a very long time. He refuses to admit that. Because that's the thing. He's like defending the fact where he's like, oh, I get that you feel neglected due to COVID. All of my adult children have been coming to me as well, saying that they feel neglected during this time. Don't feel bad. Don't feel like you're alone in that. I've been neglecting everybody. (laughs) Equally. I'm fair about it. Okay. Because the truth is of that matter then is that it's actually each of the mom's faults who are not abiding by those protocols by my, I mean, Robin's, I mean, the nanny's rules. This is where he tells Christine his biggest fear. Oh, and he sets a scene for us here. You take truly to the most polygamy unfriendly state in the union. (laughs) Because it's still 1892 and he's referring to it as the union. Okay. Which is also funny because what was that season 15 that we watched them go to the Darger's house to celebrate the fact that polygamy was now like a, a parking ticket in Utah. Slap on the wrist. But anyway, you get a boyfriend. Who wants our money? And in between you, the boyfriend, and the state of Utah, I lose access to Truly and all my money. Okay, so you know, I've already established on the pod, I'm a petty bitch, right? (laughs) Because what would my line be? Don't worry, Cody. We won't do what you did to Robin's ex. (laughs) Oh, uh-oh. Oh, Oh, that's that's a burn. That's a deep burn. You got to put his mind at ease. Adults, you know what the adult thing to do is? Sign over your parental rights. (laughs) (laughs) That would be the adult thing to do. She cannot believe these words just came out of his mouth. And you can tell because he he says, I need you to promise me that. A Utah user boyfriend. That's the biggest concern that Cody has on the docket right now. And she's just like, sure. Sure, I promise. That won't happen. I promise. Pinky promise. Notice she didn't make any uh, promises about any girlfriends. Maybe she'll have a user girlfriend that'll shake things up. That would be fun for us to see. That'd be fun. But, I mean, either way, it's not Cody's money, right? Is it? <laughs> the mo- not the money from the house. He already sold that. And on the couch, Christine says, you know what? This conversation has just made it clear as day to me. I have made the right decision. There is no doubt in my mind. Affirmations all around, just based on this conversation alone. 
Now he's starting to harass her because he sees like a glint of hope in her eye. Well, so this is the point in the conversation here too, where the sun is setting on this day, as well as the conversation. It's getting dark outside, just as dark outside as it is inside right now, (laughs) because the conversation takes a turn. Cody gets jealous seeing the little glimmer, the glint in Christine's eye at the thought of getting out of this marriage. Because he would love to walk away from polygamy too. Oh yeah, he's full on monogamous now. And he said that, didn't he say that was at the murder tarp date or another, one of the seasons where he was ranting and raving a lot in the the couch footage he was talking about. Doesn't narrow it down. But but he was talking about how it's not fair that they have the option to leave and he doesn't. The wives can leave at any time. But he did leave. He left them emotionally and physically. Emotionally neglected, I believe was the term that Suki used that he made her take back at the tell-all. But it was probably the most accurate. But I think before that point, he didn't know those terms until he talked to Robin and she explained them to him. She's, she's the empath of the family, as we know. She has to be. He's getting pissed. She seems excited about leaving. And then he tells her, you should be happy with what you've gotten because we've had more romance in the past five years than Mary and I have had in our relationship. To be fair, everyone on the planet has had more romance than Mary has, that poor soul. <laughs> And this is where she says, I would never want what you and Mary have, nor do I want Mary to have that relationship with you. Right. I feel bad. There is only pity in my soul for Mary and her relationship with you. That was the moment, you know, when they stood at, was it Coyote? They were on Coyote Pass and Mary was trying to get her to look at the mountain and telling her like, you know, look at my relationship with Cody. That was the turn, yeah. That was where she knew, I'm getting the fuck out of here. I gotta get out of here. Another amazing line delivered by Christine on the couch. Cody's willing to compare my marriage to his marriage with Mary, but not his marriage with Robin. Right. I think that's another double standard that's easily pointed at here, where look at how badly I treat my other wife, but don't look at how good I treat this wife over here. Comparison's the thief of joy. Pay no attention to the wife behind the curtain. And she's telling him how hard it's been for her to be his wife, to feel so unimportant. And then she says, remember Mother's Day when you came over for 15 minutes? And then she stops herself. Just never mind. It doesn't even matter. You're just going to come up with some other lame excuse or some reason why you were being a dick to me. We don't remember things the same. We see everything differently. We're not on the same page. But I just want you to know, it is heartbreaking being your wife. And our marriage was good when I was important to you, when I felt like I mattered. That was when plural marriage was great. But now she can't stand to see Cody when they're all with the family because she sees him being a great partner, being a great parent. And those are things that he's not willing to offer her in their relationship. Being a dad who cares, who helps in the home, who makes sure that the kids feel great and secure and they have nurtured relationships. None of these things that her children get to experience. None of these things that she gets to experience. Cody says, so for us, plural marriage doesn't work. And Christine tells us, no, for us, marriage doesn't work. This isn't a plural marriage thing. Wouldn't work even if we were a monogamous couple. There's favoritism. Christine knows it. Everybody knows it. It's nice to have somebody actually verbalize it on the show and mention it directly to Cody, even though I don't think he heard it or is going to take it seriously as, as he should. 
Christine's trying to wrap this up. She's really ready for him to get out of her house. He's too close to the bed as the sun's going down. So she tells him, you know, why do you want me to stay? And he says, because he's supposed to. But you don't really want me to. So why fight this? Just let me go. Then they both just say, I'm sorry to each other. And Cody finally gets to the conclusion here. We can't make ourselves into something we don't want to be because we've been trying to do that for years now. And we have a very pensive ending where it's just them kind of staring at each other in silence. I wonder how that actually wrapped up in person because, you know, you had to, well, time to be hitting the old (laughs) dusty trail and put on your coat and leave or Robin pulling up in the minivan honking the horn. You know, he stormed out in front of her. He opened all the doors. He left. He didn't look back. He didn't say goodbye. Probably said something shitty on the way out. He forgot his phone over on the tripod. He had to come back in, knock on the door again. (laughs) Just when she thought he was gone. Where were the kids during this conversation? I don't think they were in the house because they they did get a little higher volume than normal, too, at a few spots. Yeah, and that room is like a loft to downstairs. It's not like a private area at all. Yeah, there's no doors. Well, they did install a door, and that was where some of that relationship crumbling started as well, too. That is the end of the first episode of season 17. Wow. That that was a tough one to recap. It's hard when it's just a solid nonstop conversation. Back and forth. But there was a lot to unpack. There was a lot of subtleties, a lot of lies to catch Cody in, and a lot of things to run the tape back on. I have a feeling there will be a lot more of that this season. Going to be plenty of that. More where that came from. Next episode. While Janelle's house fights through COVID-19, Isabel has exciting news about her future. Then, Christine reveals her plans to move to Salt Lake City with Truly as Cody struggles to let go. The struggle is real, and at least Cody will be swinging by to help Janelle through COVID, just like he promised Gabe and Garrison he would. I'm sure he's going to be stocking up the orange juice, the tissues... Tylenol dad of the year yeah he's gonna be stepping up his game and impressing and and being there non-stop 100% support domestic dad thank you for listening if you want to support us the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on apple podcast or spotify be sure to tweet with us about the episode at surviving underscore pod stay tuned share with friends see you next week Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
it. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. 